All right, we're recording. Yep. Welcome everyone to the Rink Rap Report podcast. A little bit of a delay from last episode till now. You know, some uh, certain holidays got into the you know in into the way somewhat, but anywho, as always, joined by Josh and Jason. Yes, sir. How's it going? Alive, living. So today we're gonna get into we're gonna be recapping games finally because we didn't get to last weekend, I believe. No, we did not. Last week we did not. Um, little Chicago, Columbus, Columbus. We're going to get into Leafs 5-on-5 five five stats, where they rank in the NHL in terms of whole mess of stats, scoring chances, expected goals, all of that. A little bit of Patrick Kane because, I, I mean, maybe some Chikrin as well, simply because everyone's talking about them. We've heard the Leafs have checked in on seemingly everyone. It's a hot topic. Why not talk about it? We saw Patrick Kane in Toronto the other night, so... Yeah, topical. We saw um, Rick Kane. Rick Kane. I don't know if that was Patrick Kane. No. Uh, And then we're going to get into what the Leafs have on their roster versus trade deadline acquisitions and essentially setting the bar for what they need to acquire. Right? Like Justin Hall, is that the, is that the, if that's the bar, what do you need to acquire to actually improve? Exactly. Bang. Very well said. Yep. Let's get into it. First game in Chicago. Uh, actually, sorry, not in Chicago, in Columbus. The one thing that I want to say from these three past games, so obviously I can't talk about Matthews for all three because he only played in one of them, but Mitch Marner on the four check must have created 20 turnovers. He was a monster. Every time the puck ended up in the other team's zone, it seemed like Mitch Marner ended up with the puck. He did a fantastic job turning, helping create turnovers and we saw that on the Michael Bunting goal. We saw that, I believe, on one of the John Tavares goals, maybe even two of them that happened in Columbus. Um, I think he came... How many total points did he come away with this weekend? Like I think five, but it could have been way more. Yeah. And then the disallowed goal, even. That was created off of a turnover. Which, by the way, just to mention that disallowed goal, that's almost criminal. That a <laughs> backhand toe drag through the defenseman pass is then negated because of an offside that happened minusculely on the dump-in. By? By Alex Kerfoot. Yes. Alex Kerfoot, in a different, in a multiverse, scored five goals in that game. I'm not kidding. He yeah. had legitimately three chances that were like almost anyone else on the team would have scored. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Even Tavares was feeding them in front for and just nothing. Yeah. And, and when they tell you height doesn't matter, remember if Kerfoot was a bit taller, he probably would have been offside. <laughs> onside onside sorry onside, onside. there yeah. you go yeah that's that's a good one <laughs> um and then the second player that i wanted to talk uh, like quickly touch on william nylander's speed was on full display in this one even the shot even the play where you got the penalty on which that was the soft penalty but he was flying out there the number of chances he created off the rush was i what five or six in the past three games like and that's a like clear-cut very very good chances and he ended up with i don't know how many goals five against points. chicago five points total Sheesh. but well i he, sa- i said to some people i was like obviously without matthews it's a big dip mm-hmm. but you're like offensive play drivers it's just those those two guys basically oh, yeah. Yeah. and it showed against columbus in the second game i think mitch marner played 28 minutes in that game <laughs> i actually know he played because i was looking at the scoreboard and seeing holy cow he's playing a lot of ice time. yeah the second one. Uh, sorry, the second one. Because yeah. well, well, they benched Engvall. They kind of benched the camp line. Like, it it was crazy. But, like, really, 
maybe that leads into another topic later about trade targets. But you're right. You got to highlight those two guys have been the two best players on the Leafs yeah. this year. With all due respect to Austin Matthews, I think most people would agree with that. So, Well, to be fair, like to Austin Matthews, he hasn't had the best season for his standard and he's been hurt. Like he's just... Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, that's it's why, pretty fair that's, to say. Yeah, that's, that's very what I'm fair saying. to say. Not that they're better players, but I'm just no, saying this year, year, contribution to team this year, those are the two top exactly, guys. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So... Two fantastic games from those players. I, one thing that I noticed with Nylander, it was like, it almost, you didn't notice, he had a, he had three great games, and in two of them against Columbus, you didn't really notice the line mates. He was just creating everything on his own. Um, do you have any sort I of... I noticed the line mates. Yeah. Not in a positive way. No. <laughs> like, like, this guy has no support and... Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> he's doing it all. He's, try- he's working hard, though. It's good to see him. Oh, he... he he was playing very, very well. Um, the set playoff, the, uh, supposedly that goal on in, the, in like the first 10 seconds of the Chicago game was a set play. Did you notice anything kind of there? Like the set play of like yeah. the, the defenseman falls and then you just get a breakaway? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't, couldn't have drawn that out. Of and then Seth Jones not going to catch him, so. No, not at all. I, I think that because I didn't notice too, too much. I think the play was when like they get it back. Michael Bunting broke out towards the left. Matthews went out towards the right and Nylander kind of cruised along the blue line. And once he picked up that puck, he picked up speed and tried to break through the defenseman. It obviously looks a lot better when, you know, our uh, ever so hyped up trade target Jake McCabe ends up on his ass. But what can you do there? <laughs> that was a that was a great look for all. I will say, though, no one noticed, but he did turn over Nylander at center and then turn like turn the puck the other way and they scored like no on one the no- second goal yes. right no one will notice that he did that yeah but because we kind of hyped him up and then he fell in the first 10 minutes and then it was three nothing three one after the first everyone probably turned it off like yeah he stinks now don't get him it's yeah. probably the sentiment <laughs> but just trying to make that value a little bit more feasible for for the Leafs gotta love it um but yeah in in terms of We'll get into a Joseph Wool later. We saw his season debut there, but yeah. Um, anything else you noticed from these three games? Just try to lump them in together. That second period of the second Columbus game was brutal. That oh, it was, was like, horrendous. That was the classic though. Like uh, we're up to nothing. This team's terrible. Yeah. Like, and they coasted. They just flat out coasted. Engvall had one of the worst net front turnovers you'll ever see. Like, yeah. And mm. then Boone Jenner turned around and scored. Yeah, um, that was just that was very soft that play. Very but soft. It was funny watching all these games the next day because I didn't get to watch them live because it's like oh like I didn't really check Twitter. I was just like oh like five two against Chicago four three they lost they lost they blew a lead against Columbus and you're watching like the first I was watching that first period of the Columbus game. I'm like wow like. Joseph, flying out there. Joseph Wool looks steady out there. They're flying out there. They're getting lots of chances. Elvis Merzlikens looks like he's teaching a Pilates class. Like, let's go. They look awesome. And then the second period they came out, and it was just like, what What happened between periods there? Yeah, that, that was, was that was brutal. That was really bad. That was horrible. They, I don't know. They, it happens, though, honestly. Yeah. It's unfortunate it should happen less, but I just watched Tampa lose to... Arizona last night as well. How many shots? Four? They had four. They did have four. At least had 40 shots against Columbus, too, though. Yeah, they did. And Merzlikens, I mean. Settled in. He did, yeah. There was a few plays I felt like he was a little out of position, but was able to to kind of overcome it. Good recovery game, I would say. There was, there was sorry, good recovery game. I, I'm explaining this as horrible as possible. His, he would 
there would be a difficult play. It would be like right to left or left to right, whatever. He would get over quickly and he'd be able to get square at the last second to the shot. He did that very well. He's a big goalie. He's very quick. My issue with him is that sometimes he's not square. Um, you saw in the Nylander uh, shot, he over-challenges a little, little bit and then he overreacts to the puck. I mean, when you think about goaltending just in a vacuum, like the puck comes and you stop it. You're, you move towards it and you stop it. Your movement should be as efficient as possible and you should have as little movement. You should try to have as little movement as possible in order to be as efficient as possible to stop that puck. If you're moving all over the place, if your feet are not set and they're moving and your hips are swinging and all that, you're going up and down and up and down like he did on the second goal there, you're less likely to stop that puck. So you want to be more quiet in the net. And that's where I, I, to transition goalies, I liked Joseph Wall's game. I mean, I thought he, I thought he played solid, like a little bit unfortunate, like the Engvall turnover in front, uh, the, uh, what's his name? Off Cole Sillinger shot, uh, Kent Johnson tip on the fourth goal there. Like the only one where I really thought he should have done something different was, uh, I believe it was the second one. He kicked the rebound out in front. You do want to kind of kick that one forward as opposed, you want to get like a little bit more behind it and kick it forward just because you're not sitting in a dangerous spot. If it just goes forward, okay, it ends up in a low danger area. If you kick that to the side, which is typically what you want to do when the shot's coming in the middle, it's going to end up wide open net. But even then, like, you're kind of splitting hairs on that one. But I thought he looked very good, very calm. And then he got sent down to the Marlies on Monday and 21 saves on 22 shots. So it's been very encouraging watching Joseph Wool. Good good thing that he's back up now with the Leafs. It was just yeah. a one day sent down for him, uh, Steve's and Home was yeah. Holmberg. Yeah. Just the, it was, they had to play two periods. Yeah. <laughs> that, wait, why, why only two periods? Because unfortunately earlier in the year a fan collapsed during the game. They could only play one period. Oh. They had to suspend the game. That was the suspended game on the I Monday. Okay. And so they sent down the three players just to for cap reasons or whatever they had a little bit of a break and they went and played two periods i'm sure it's just i think they sent them down just to play the game yeah just like, to keep yeah, them active the, yeah for the two periods and, and holmberg had an assist yeah. steve's had a goal joseph wool 21 saves on 22 shots well if you just also think about it like uh you, in, if you're the gm you want these guys to always be competing you don't really yeah. want them they haven't really earned those days off that like a, a guys who've made the team and are they're like yeah. regulars have earned right so i mean also steves didn't play wednesday wool didn't sure. play wednesday yeah so keep them keep them fresh too. and what holmberg played 11 minutes yeah so, yeah makes sense it definitely it's not like an absurd thing to happen yeah and again it was two periods <laughs> yeah so. and i just want to also say like good good thing as well he's back up with the team because we have a next two games are back to back so he will likely which days is that uh saturday and sunday Oh, I didn't know that. That's exciting. Yeah, next two games are back-to-back. And then, fun little quirk, uh, March 1st and 2nd, so I think that's two weeks from now, yeah. There, we also have a back-to-back there. So if Murray's not back, we'll definitely get to see multiple stints of Joseph Wall over the coming weeks, at least once per the huh. next Also, weeks. that second back-to-back, if I'm looking correctly, is right the day before the trade deadline. If Matt Murray huh. is still not playing by then, he should probably be on a different kind of injured reserve, if I had to guess. Yeah, you can retroactive it. Oh yeah, so. but by then that'd be ten games for sure. Yeah, so so that's an that's an interesting back to back. I just yeah. circled in my head that you just called out there. Yeah, it's a cool little wrinkle. Yeah. Uh, okay. We just right. don't play a lot of games between now and the, the trade deadline. deadline. It's like seven games. Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. more. Maybe seven. Eight, seven seven yeah. on the dot. Yeah. Well, I mean, they went seven and thirteen before that little break there. So yeah. maybe maybe the break will be good for them. But anywho, anything else you guys had with these Chicago and two Columbus games? Uh, I was trying to, at the beginning of the year to spread the narrative that William Nylander is now physical, and I want to keep corroborating that and keep keep spreading that because it's like, hey, he's got a little bit more bite. <laughs> but other than that, no, just. The second Columbus game feels like a, a letdown. Letdown started but off well. It was yeah, it was just one of those lazy games that just kind of yeah. lost. I also saw a funny stat. He's like third in the entire league in. I'm gonna try to explain this. Games played before his first roughing penalty in the NHL. He played. <laughs> he has played 493 games before he got his first roughing penalty, and that was his first one. Wow! Look at that. Baby's first roughing penalty. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right. So moving on from these games. Um oh the big the other big thing we we almost missed. Justin Hole was scratched against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh Keith cited because I think this was David Alter transcribed it, but Keith cited because he they wanted to get Connor Timmons in. They like Connor Timmons. They just extended Connor Timmons. What was it two years one point one per? Did we yeah. talk about that yet? No, uh yes. No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. didn't. Oh. It happened oh. on the weekend. We haven't recorded yet. We're late. Good We're late signing. How about that? I like it. Great signing. I'm glad they're keeping him around. Shows yeah. he's, he's not going on waivers. They, they no, cannot no. put him on waivers. We're going to see him next year. So I like I like that sign. A little low, low cap hit. We haven't seen too, too much. I mean, thought he was okay from what I saw against Chicago, right? So Justin Hall had, he had a tough, another assist, didn't he? He had a goal. To, oh, yeah, he scored. Unless sorry. it was tipped. He no, he did have a goal. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, a, a little rocket from the point yeah. there. On our former goalie. Oh panelist. my god! Don't even get me. Oh my god! He might be throwing games though. I swear. Like no. maybe he's he passing the puck to the other team. You can he, tell he, from his head. Face. He did that with us too. Though. He <laughs> did. He actually did do that when he was on the Leafs. Like I, I, I remember him like muffing. He wasn't. He's not yeah. the best like play puck handler. Yeah, puck handler. No Samson on that no. guy. He did. Samsonov did a little like fake shot. You What's know funny drag. coming into this year? Samsonov was regarded as a terrible puck. Handler. He's the best puck handling goalie we've had, and I don't know how long. That's crazy. Not, well, it's funny because in a preseason game at the beginning of the year, and even watching him a little bit in Washington last year, the the the, the Detroit Red Wings color and play by play guy were like they both said on the broadcast. If, if I can find it, I will. They said, "Oh man, this Samsonov guy is a terrible puck handler." I think he's been really good for us. He's gotten a couple assists. He's got two assists actually this year. Two primary or secondary? I can't remember, but yeah, he's he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't been too bad. Yeah, I'll give you that for sure. But uh, I just want to touch again on the Connor Timmons signing. I like it's two years, one point one mil per, and he expires as an RFA, which is massive. So you get an, oh. essentially an extra third year of control. Oh um, wow! And so uh, it's a bridge. It's yeah, it's essentially a with a, a low deal. qualifying offer. Yeah. So wow, what's the qualifying? Uh, what's the? One, uh, one, I assume it's one one. No signing bonus. No signing bonus. Yeah, I don't think I, I just have to check. I don't I think you think can. So. Yeah. Qualifying offer one point one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. It's good work, and also, um, again, like our D are pretty much set for for next this year. year and next year. Like, yeah, it'll be curious. They haven't said anything yet. It'll be curious to see if Justin Hall draw, draws back into the lineup or what they do there. Because, I mean, Connor Timmons scored. Do you want to give him that other game? I mean, Justin Hall's been a top four guy all year. And yeah. Now all of a sudden, he's scratched. He's sitting out of the lineup. I so. see. I also saw people on on Twitter saying it was very convenient that Justin Hall gets scratched now. Um, I doubt this. I doubt this is going to be a trade related thing. 
simply because Justin Hall and Connor Timmons play completely different roles. And I think the Leafs want, yeah. if you listen to the Mark Giordano interview on 32 thoughts, I think it kind of, you can always pick things up like that players, when, when players talk, like you can kind of pick, pick up what goes through the minds of Sheldon Keefe and like what the management kind of wants. And uh, Giordano talked more about how he, he's being told to play in like a more defensive role defensive, this year. Yeah. And like, I think their vision with Hall is the same thing. And they don't think that Timmons and Hall could coexist. Like not like you can't just take out Timmons for Hall essentially. Yeah. Makes or, sense. I understand. Like, you, I say that correctly? You, sorry. sorry. You can't, I think you can like switch them in and out kind yeah. of thing, but you don't want to like remove one of them. Exactly. And from if you're the team, it totally. And, and in, in doing that, it bumps Lilligren up to that. Yeah. Top, top four, four spot. spot. And I don't know. We don't know if they're a hundred percent comfortable with that. Not saying Lilligren is a player that's not able to I do that. I kind of thought they were. I, I think know. he's slowly, slowly, slowly been slowly? taking it over. Okay. I, th- I think this is Sheldon keep dipping his toes in the water to see if okay. like next year, can we survive without a Justin Hall? I don't think this is a this year thing. I think and then the right side next year. Well, being next year, what about the like playoff? playoff top <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> are you going to have Sandy and Lilligren as your third pair in the playoffs? Yes. Well, it's the alternative. Sandin Hall. Well, no. Last last game it was Geo Lilligren, and then That's the third pairing is Sandin Timmins. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. My my point is that I like, yeah. Lilligren's playing. Yeah. But it, it 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 all depends on how you want to utilize your D, right? Like, do you want the identity shutdown pair of? It's not like a shutdown pair, but like the identity of the of a pairing of Giordano and Hall would probably be slightly different of Giordano Lilligren. Maybe not. I don't know. No matter what, you're, the way the Leafs are built, your third pair is going to have to play. So you better, you're like, yeah. they're, they're going to be as confident as possible in that pair. Yeah. I, I like. Yeah. I do. You, do you see? A, you're not putting Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson out there. No, no. Because you don't have Devin Taves and Bowen Byram and, and Kel McCarr. And Kel McCarr. I don't know how he's the third guy I mentioned. And, yeah. Josh Manson. Josh Manson. There you go. Josh Manson, another little don't just look at the charts guy. Th- that's, yeah. That's the reason I, I think they're still sniffing around a D to like have a clear top four, you know? Yeah. And I think that might be what they, I don't think their team's currently built for a clear top four right now. No. no. Not really. From what, I mean, we've said it. I mean, they have three solid. They have like three lines. Not they don't have a line where you're like, oh, this is the weakest line. It's garbage, whatever. But they also don't have a a line where you're like, these two are like the best two D in, in the conference or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, it's mismatch. They have a bunch of second pairings, essentially. Yeah. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Second two B, second whatever yeah. you want to call it. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that is an interesting discussion there i don't know how we didn't have that on the show notes beforehand but <laughs> it happened so long ago it's hard to yeah, i know when you do things once a week it's like it's easy for small things to to slip through but anywho moving on there um what was our next part did you want to get into the five on five stats yeah let's rip that let's tear it up so these are all from natural stat trick they're as of february 16th before all the games started, I just put this into a spreadsheet like a couple hours ago kind of thing. And it's comparing, you know, everyone in the NHL and ranking them on certain stats. So I've ranked Corsi 4, which Corsi 4 percentage, which is not the greatest stat. It's just like shot attempts for and against. Uh, Fenwick 4 percentage, which is like shots that shots on net as well as shots missed, does not include. Blocked shots, which Corsi does. Um, goals for ranking, which is just 
your basic goals for goals against that. This is all at five on five. I should have prefaced that only five on five stats here, expected goals for percentage, which is the quality of where your shots are coming from and where they're coming against scoring short chances for percentage, which I don't know how natural statric does that, but it's probably like closer in shots, closer in shots. It also does uh, like off the rush shots as well. Oh, it does. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Scoring chance goals for, so this is the thing. Scoring chance is four percentage, like getting the scoring chance. And then I wanted to take a look at how many of these scoring chances are being converted, at what rate they're being converted at, at what rate are our goalies stopping these chances. I think that was pretty important there. And then taking a look at their on ice overall shooting percentage, save percentage, all of that. We compared, right now we have the Lightning and the Bruins and the Leafs all together comparing one-to-one or one-to-one-to-one. Anything stand out here? No. Uh, yes, the Leafs are very good by basically every single metric in terms of percentage. Yeah. Um, most of that is like buoyed by like the, they still have a really elite offensive generating team and the, the D has improved over time as we know. D is probably at the same level as last year, I would say. Offense, honestly, almost very similar to last year, it looks like, yeah. which is good because they're one of the best teams in the league. But as we've talked about a lot of times, I think they could have better finishing, which stands out here because you, if you look at their five-on-five five numbers compared to Boston or Tampa, like they're better or the same or better in, in a lot of them. But Boston and Tampa both have better goaltending. Yep. And Boston and Tampa both have better finishing. They do. So, and that's put forth by the number of scoring chances, chance per scoring chance. What the hell am I looking at? Scoring chances, goals for Boston is first. The Leafs are eighth. Tampa Bay is seventh. Scoring chance shooting percentage, which is the conversion rate. Surprisingly, Tampa's 24th here. But their scoring chance save percentage rank is fourth. Boston they have, is first. I believe the they Leafs. have the most scoring chance in the league. That's why. Uh their scoring chance for percentage is fifth. No, I'm just I'm at, saying just scoring chance. Attempts. Scoring chance for? Yeah. Leafs have more. Where do you see that? 1434 to 1430. Oh, yeah, four Top more. line is, I screwed it up. The top line is the Leafs. The middle is, or sorry, top line is what's, Tampa. Middle is the Leafs. What's SCSF? Scoring chance for. SCF. SCF is scoring what's chances this one? for. Four to the right. Yeah, uh, scoring chances for. The Leafs are at 1434. No, how about the one where the Tampa's 816 and the Leafs are 782? Is that scoring chances shots for? Scoring chance shots for. So because you can get a scoring oh. chance on a Corsi, for example, if it was a block shot off of a rebound. That would okay. be considered okay. a scoring so they chance. Have the Leafs, I mean, Tampa Bay looks like they clear them by quite a bit. But yeah, a lot of these numbers are very similar. Like if the, Leaf, the Leafs are, do very well yeah. in terms of shot generation and five-on-five five numbers for sure. I would say if five-on-five five here... It was. It's a lot more comforting than I thought it would be. Essentially, where the Bruins clear the Leafs and where they clear Tampa Bay, which these are the three, I don't know, like maybe throw Carolina in there, possibly Vegas, I don't know. Even Well, they don't have Mark Stone now, so I don't even know if you can say Vegas. So throw Carolina in there. But these are the four best teams. These are the three best teams in the league. I don't have Carolina in there yet, but these are the three best teams in the league. And, I mean, the rankings are all kind of similar. What the difference is and why Boston is so far ahead of Tampa and the Leafs is that when you look at the conversion rates, 
how how often they're converting on these good chances and how often their goalies are stopping these good chances. That's what's setting them apart. Now, do you ask the question, is it because they all ha- they have all good finishers or are they riding a little hot? Are we going to see a little Boston cool down? It's interesting. I was thinking it was the Boston cool down, but then if you z- zoom over to PDO, their PDO is like 1.03, which is just like a hair above league average. So maybe that'll come down a bit. But they also have the best save percentage in the league. So if if like it's not yeah. like they're shooting hot, right? Like they are kind of shooting hot at nine point two nine. That's fourth and highest in the league. One point oh three is super high. I think one point oh three is super. Is that super high? high? Yeah. yeah, it's very high. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that would be one oh three if you looked at it. Yeah, oh, you're okay. looking at the Leafs not are one hundred point three. The Leafs are one oh one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I thought it was one oh one. My bad. <laughs> I, I would say I the most. I would moments. say the most <laughs> likely thing for Boston to regress would be the goalie over the scoring. Probably. Because yeah. if you look at their guys, no, nothing's no anomalies here. Maybe, maybe, DeBrusque, maybe DeBrusque, Felino. The fourth line cares? has come he back did. down, though. But th- that's already happened. Like no one's expe- like the guys who are actually going to score. Maybe those guys will chip in. Like it's a solid fourth line. Pasternak, fifteen percent. He could probably do better than that. Like I don't know. Like yeah. it's not outlandish for him to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. His career true. is fourteen percent. It's nothing's crazy. Marshawn, thirteen percent. Yeah, Krejci sixteen percent, a little high. He's not even that much of a shooter, so maybe. But like nothing. He's not here's... a shooter at all. I swear he had single digit goals before he left the NHL. Yeah, Bergeron ten percent. Nothing crazy. I really don't That's see anything not... here crazy. Wow, it's mostly the goaltending. But like their goaltend, like when I watch him, this guy's in the zone. He's yeah. in the zone, and he was a solid. Like last year was a bit of a fall off. Like he started not too hot, and then he he picked it back up with the Bruins. But the year before in Buffalo, there's a reason he got a four year five mil per contract. He was. Off of two seasons of 35 starts, he looked very, very good. And you know what? He He's really coming into his own. I think he is running hot, obviously. Is Linus Allmark the best goalie in the league? No. I don't even think he would be top five for me. They but, did a vote, and he was not top yeah, five. Yeah, I think he's top 10. Yeah. I think he is a very solid goaltender, though. So uh, that's a good point that the regression would probably come from the back end and less so. And no offense, the bad news for the Leafs has been, I'm pretty sure they've won or been close to winning the expected goals battle every series we've lost, yeah. like all of them. So, so what, what does so it come down to? Again, you need a finisher. And, a, and unfortunately, unless Sam, Samsonov could go nuts, but as we're looking right now, Tampa has a better goalie, and Boston has a goalie who's playing as good as any goalie in the league, better than yeah. any goalie in the league. So that's a, that is a disadvantage. Yeah. You look at the depth of the other two teams, where their scoring can come from. Obviously, we know the Leafs currently does not match up great to Tampa and Boston. So if these are things we identified before the season, should we be doing like victory laps because the Leafs five on five is looking good right now? Or is that just the same story we've done every year? That's the question, right? It's also going to have to come down to like the power play in the playoffs needs to be better. Last year, it was the best it's been, but that really doesn't say much because it wasn't that good. (laughs) I mean, let's just be honest there. And then on top of that, like, I, I just I just wanted yeah. to jump in there about Linus Hallmark, just like yeah. potentially how he oh. could like there there could be a chance that he does fall off. I mean he's uh, he's only ever played forty one like forty one games is the most he's played in a season. Okay. He's at thirty four right now, right? Okay. So could we potentially see fatigue down the road for him? Could that be? No, a fact? Maybe they start I, I don't well, think so because they have a good backup. That's the okay. worry. Swayman's right? a solid backup. Yeah. yeah. Like where does thirty four games rank in the league? I feel like that's not high. That would probably be close to average. For no, a and it's goal. because Swayman was injured. Swayman's to start played twenty two games. 
He was injured to start the year. Yeah. That's why. Or else usually they kind of split it. Starts are 33-19 to be more accurate. And Keith Kincaid has one start when he posted a 968. <laughs> wow. Out of nowhere. That's solid. Where does he rank? 18th. 18th. That, I would agree with you, Jason, in the playoffs when he has to roll every game. Because last, mm. last year they had issues with both of them in the playoffs, which is interesting. Yes. So should Andre be front runner for the best now then? starting? He's up there. He's already – he's like betting, had, betting odds have him at like third. I really? swear. You know, it's funny because this, this moves, same but... conversation, believe it or not, happened last year with just Sturkin because he did not start that, game, that many games. He only started – Let's see how many. Because he split with, and it's fun. started yeah, 53 started games. Up, yeah. And there was guys who started 60, 65. He got injured for a little bit too, though. Yeah. I'm so. just, but that was a knock on him. But now, like, Omar's numbers are actually slightly better, which is crazy. So, how do you take the Vezna wow. away from him is the question. Like, there. save percentage raw? 937. Okay. Yeah. First 935. Yeah, at one point, Shesterkin, though, had a 940. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was out no, he of his Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's still and not he came back. Guess what? He came back down from that a little bit to 935. So, I think it regressed. 929 in the playoffs, which is fun. Yeah, he was. And he, there was at one point, people were like, oh, they're going to start Shesterkin next game? It was against the, the Penguins. And it's like, are you dumb? <laughs> you, you know what's funny about New York, too? I remember looking at this last year. Their record in the playoffs was 10 and 9. Yeah, <laughs> and they made and they made the conference. It's crazy to remember back. Didn't they, they go up on Tampa yeah. Day too? And then Tampa won. I think they ripped three they in a row. Three in a row. Yeah, they they roll. But it's just funny, like how some opportune wins, some opportune goals, opportune saves, opportune injuries. You don't have to. Yeah, you're right. You don't have to dominate. Like you can go ten and nine and make the conference finals, how which did, is why it's yeah. so crazy the Leafs have not won around. Honestly, it's unfathomable. Chris Kreider scored a game winner from the blue line. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then game seven, the, the Penguins rolled with Tristan Jari, who walked in with oh, a walking boot. Oh, that was brutal. He had a walking boot on. That was br- the playoffs were good last year. There, it was, it was, the sting was taken out when the Leafs lost to game seven. But. Yeah, unfortunately. But any, yeah. any other takeaways, Jason, anything? I think scoring chance shooting percentage and scoring chance save percentage for the Leafs is pretty jarring. 16th and 16th. That's the only, like, out of the categories I ranked in the ones we talked about, those are the two that are the lowest. They're like top 10 in a lot of different categories. Scoring chances, four percentage. They're, they have a better scoring chances, four percentage than Boston and Tampa. They're third in the league. And the one thing that I, I thought I was going to come in here, I was going to be like, ah, like, yeah, we look so good. We're top 10 in everything. But look at Tampa. Look at Boston. They're like first and second in everything. The Leafs are... Like, when you uncover these numbers, it's not bad. But I think it shows a clear hole. You need another scorer. We cannot watch another game of Alex Kerfoot in the top six fumble-fucking the puck in the scoring areas. Well, yeah, and scoring chance shooting percentage is more indicative of actual finishing talent than overall, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Because... A lot of the shots from the outside have a lot of variables that include tips. It includes screens. It includes even a poor goaltending. When you have an actual scoring chance, your ability to finish those is probably down to how well good your shot is. Yeah. Is that a fair estimation? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Are we boring you? No, no, no. <laughs> Isn't that... What a... <laughs> <laughs> what a kind of comment on the numbers. The also, numbers I will game. say it is good to pull these numbers after you play Columbus, Columbus, Chicago. It does give you a little boost. Yeah, to a little bit. Jason gave 
your uncle. This is the, what I was thinking of before this episode. Saying your uncle is going to hate this episode. Yeah, yeah. Jason gave us the nice little yawn. Yeah. Well, they talk about this on Overdrive all the time. Like Engvall, the best expected goals guy, and then he does well, stuff yeah. like he does on Saturday night, where it's like you, like Sheldon Keefe even said, he never plays physical. He's like, we need we need that line to be more physical, and they're not playing physical. Exactly. But like also on top of that, like expected goals is a data point. It's it's a number just like all the rest of this is. Like I feel like uncovering and looking into all of these numbers kind of gives you more of a holistic view of how good are these teams actually and why do they have success. We're not just looking at oh expected goals. Oh, like oh the Leafs are third in the league in expected goals, better than Boston, better than Tampa Bay. Therefore they are better than those guys. Yeah, also it's good to identify, hey, like what are you weak at? Oh, like scoring and finishing. Oh wow, guess what's in uh, 16 days the trade deadline oh wow there you go huh, there you go also goals for rank like look at the expected goals rank versus the goals for rank expected goals boston is fifth they're first in goals for the leafs and expected goals are third they're fourth in goals for and then tampa bay eighth in go- expected goals for and seventh in goals for rank like i mean the the difference between the two kind of shows like the good goal scoring and finishing talent, your ability to finish on those good chances versus who kind of struggles in that area. I, I will also say natural stat trick of all the sites is the like harshest against Boston. Boston Ooh. is much better than the other two sites that I would look at. Yeah. So that's another thing to take. When into I would account. run that model last year that was based on goals and as well as away record, it was harsh on Boston. And I did. I, I DM'd Dom Lecision and he said, "Like your your model must be based on goals, because it has Boston way too low. He had them way higher. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So just another thing. To, but like I would say, in summation, if you want to just talk about shots and chances, the Leafs are ex- like they're right there with Boston and Tampa. If they make no moves, they'll be able to generate yeah. the same amount of chances probably. But." The thing is, it's not called the the Stanley Chance Cash Cup or whatever. <laughs> Stanley Chance playoffs. expected by whom? <laughs> expected by the expected goals playoffs. And I will <laughs> say the Lightning all across the board, their numbers are down from last year. I don't know if that's fatigue or if that's they ramp it up in the playoffs, but they're definitely not as good in in a lot of the metrics as, yeah, as they were their last bottom year. Bottom six isn't looking. They, as good. Well, they they lost some players too. Yeah, so. they lost Palat. He yeah. was a good finisher. They lost someone. They lost Ryan McDonough and they replaced him with Ian Cole. I think that was pretty successful, though. But they're struggling uh, with their bottom pair. Bad. Like Anthony Sorelli took a while to injured. come back. He was yeah. injured. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. It was forgot, Braden forgot. Point out for a while? I wouldn't. They had, they had just, I don't, I don't I think they're that worried, though. No. It is similar numbers to last year, I they're, swear. I like, similar spot. And the goalie. He, like, he'll rock the 920 and the 916 in the season, and then it's 937 in the playoffs. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Which, actually, last year he didn't look too too good until like game five and then unfortunately i'm not saying anything about that goalie i'm really he's sick of it he's the best on earth i'm sick there's no other way to put it he's the best goalie on earth so yeah i think that's a a pretty good little look at what the numbers say about the toronto maple leafs and what they can improve on right absolutely jason any thoughts i feel like you have something in your brain there no i just didn't realize how that Vasilevsky's only 6'3". I feel like that's wrong. Uh, he's long, How though. much is he? Yeah. He's got big. 
lank, lanky and bendable. Lower body, right? Yeah, yeah, very flexible as well, and he's able to spread out very well. How much does he weigh? 216. That's pretty big. Yeah. He, looks, he, he looks bigger. Taller. Yeah. He does yeah. look bigger. But How tall is Merzlik in side now? Uh, he's like 6'5". Yeah. Big boy. But... Anyways, it's also about how much like you fill out too. Can't believe I spelled his name perfectly. You know what it is? Merce Leakins is 183 pounds. That's why I look at him oh like this guy. God. For like he doesn't cover that much of the net. No, that's why. Yeah, and then he also just goes out there and teaches his Pilates class. Yeah, he is fighting. It, he, that's it. That's this is the first year of his extension, which is like five and a half whatever mil. It's not looking like they. He needs a shakeup. He has the tools to be very, very, very good. Just he's got to settle down in there. That's all I'm going to say. He basically has a very similar, I would say, trajectory that Samsonov had. I think uh, he played more and he was a little more successful. But started really hot and then kind of tailed off in the next couple of years when his workload got a little higher. And then, okay. But last year, like they just completely gave up on Samsonov because they were in a playoff yeah. run. Last year, Columbus was out. So we kind of, you know what I mean? Like this, to start the year last year, Elvis Merzlikens was in the Vesna nomination. Yeah. He looked, he looked incredible. And then he tailed off heavily this season. He's never been able to find his game at all. Uh, but Merzlikens, if you remember when he first came he was hot into the he league, did, yeah. he was put on waivers oh. and then he was called back up and then he went on a streak. And then it was, I think that was like the COVID year where everything got shut down. I think he played like, half a game or maybe started started one game against the Leafs in the playoffs, but Corpus Allo took him over, which Corpus Allo against the Leafs looked very good. I really like yeah. what he, uh, you see from him. I wonder if a team's going to try to go after him. I think the, a, a team, him and Cam Talbot of the goalies, I think those are two of the... Now, Cam Talbot got injured, though. Yeah. So not him anymore. I forgot about that. I don't know how long he's out for. Yeah, but his, that, those are the two I goalies go that Corpus were Allo Corpus Cam Allo. Talbot. Yeah. I would go can't just looking at UFA goalies on our list. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, the Kings have to be kicking around on someone. Well, I, I've heard differently on goalies well, on goalies because of Phoenix Copley. Yeah. Well, basically they have three guys signed right now who are like they have three goalies wow. signed right now. To yeah. Make, they just signed. They just extended they just, Phoenix Copley. I, ex- I think they're in the market to get rid of a goalie. I mean, yeah. if they obviously if they get rid of a goalie, they could add a goalie. But yeah. I doubt they add a goalie without getting rid of a goalie. Also, them getting rid of a goalie, like I don't know if they want to pay that price now where they are in their, like let's say they're, they're I don't know if they're rebuild like they're but they're they're out of a no, rebuild they're out now. of the rebuild. So like where they are, I, do they want to be spending assets to cut that contract to bring in another? No, goalie? but I think they would cut that contract to bring in a defenseman. Yeah, but possibly yeah. The word on the street is that <laughs> the. the, the those deals. That's what Elliot Friedman said. Yeah, what Elliot Friedman says, the deal essentially fell apart because Arizona viewed it as two separate deals instead of... Everyone said because of a contract. Because of a contract. Like, it's not that hard to see. The, your $4 million goalie got put on waivers. Five it's and off, a half. Sorry. Five and a half. It's not that hard to, to see which contract that would be. He got put on waivers and hasn't been called up yet. I, I could see the framework of the chicken deal, by the way. It's two first. It's one of Matt Waugh or Sean Walker... And it's a salary dump with Calvin Peterson. That's the trade. I'm almost, I have no insight yeah. at all, but just your intuition listening to all insiders, that's probably the trade. And they cannot agree on the compensation for Cal Peterson as a separate deal. They yeah. might even be asking for a second first to gain that contract. Yeah. Who knows? Because it's like, in, in, that is also in the first year of like a three or four year deal. But 
what I see with the LA Kings, I don't know how you're not going after an upgrade in net. Phoenix Copley, who is an AHL journeyman, was a backup for one year in Washington, I believe, is has come in and has put up what nine fifteen, nine eleven around there. Two seventy four, nine oh three. Not the best. Nine oh three. But it's better than Jonathan Quick, who's at an eight eighty. Yeah. I don't care how much you paid Phoenix Copley for next year. He's not that good of a goalie. I, I, but <laughs> if you put in a league average goaltender, that was a nice spit. Oh my god. <laughs> if you put in a league average goaltender in there, what is he gonna do? But you, you gotta take back to what Jason originally said. Not that they don't want a goalie. At this point, are they willing to spend for a goalie when maybe they see a need at defenseman when Jonathan Quick's 37 at the end of the year? He could retire. And then yeah. if you get rid of Cal Peterson. How many more years does he have left? Jonathan Quick's a UFA. So there you yeah. go. There, and I bet they're looking, instead of paying a premium for a goalie right now, they're probably looking offseason is what I would guess. But I don't know. I think you're right. If they clear Cal Peterson, they could probably trade for a goalie. That would be my thoughts too, but that's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy. Two goaltenders in the first year of their like five year extensions are uh, posting some disgusting numbers. Yeah, just what were you gonna say? Be wary when a certain UFA goalie in Toronto or RFA this summer comes up. Don't sign goalies long term. That's it. Just yeah. don't honestly, just don't sign goalies. Don't trade for them either when they're yeah. signed long term to yeah. bad contracts, and then think they're going to be different guys when they get there. Especially when they only play twenty games the previous year. Wait, who? oh, <laughs> Matt Murray. You don't have to look that far. Uh, you could look in on our IR. Yeah, I don't know. We got assets to take that one on, but um, you got a third round pick and a seventh. Yeah. Don't forget about Ottawa. The seventh. Li- seventh is I swear to God, Pierre LeBrun said today, Ottawa's not even going to trade Broussard for like a third because they have they have so many picks. That's what that pick was worth to Ottawa. <laughs> I swear on my uh, – Pierre oh, Lebrun God. said that on overdrive. They're not going to trade their expiring contracts because they have enough picks already. They've had enough picks. They've picked in the past, and that's it. They don't yeah. have a lot of picks right now. They've picked in the past. I see what you're They've saying. picked in the past. Go look in the last two drafts how many picks they Yeah, okay, that. but two years ago, you might as well throw half of those picks out. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm yeah. just telling you what Pierre like, – I, 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 I know. I don't know mean. the centers. That's what Pierre Lebrun said. So, I know what you mean. I don't know. I mean – yeah, that Matt Murray once. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, when he was running hot, what did we say? Uh, Barring injury. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's been tough. He's prone to run hot. Let's give him that. He yeah. ran hot last year in Ottawa for eight he games. Ran, he ran hot with the Leafs. He had yeah. the best save percentage in the league at wow, one point. like seven games in. <laughs> the best expected goals of Above average yeah. ever. Above expected game, yeah. goals above, saved above average. Yeah. Saved above game, average, yeah. yeah. The Dallas game, he played very well against Pittsburgh. He had some very good games in there. Yeah. It's but, just, yeah. The, pro- the biggest problem is you can't rely on a guy who can pull out and, like, literally in warm ups. Can't, can't rely on that in the playoffs. No, yeah. I mean, he's, well, done it, he's done it twice, to be fair. Twice in the same season. Yeah. yeah. Twice in, like, sense. a month and a half. Yeah. So, no. The warm up pull? Yeah. That one happened. That happened in October, dude. Wait, wasn't there another February. one or no? Yeah, in like January. Oh, and that's the only two. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think we've said everything we need to there. Yeah. Shall we get into a little Rick Kane? Yeah. Ricky Kane looked um, not great last night. I like. There's no other way to put it. That Austin Matthews goal. Not only was that like. Not a very good play defensively from Patrick Kane. I don't know what the entire Chicago Blackhawks forward group was doing there. 
If you watch, I think it was Kurashev was trying to block a pass, but there was nobody on the other side of him. He went too deep into the net, and he was trying to block a pass to nobody. So then it just... Oh, and then Max Domi was blocking a pass to the defenseman who was in a low-danger area. I have no idea why. And then it was just... Moses parted the Red Seas, and the puck went to Austin Matthews, and he ripped it on Peter Mrazek. That was such a disgusting display of defense. Yeah, their team's literally terrible. Like, horrible. That's... But the thing is, Max Domi there, how do you not have the recognition? William Nylander almost went offside there. If I pressure him, where is he going to go? What's, is Max Domi a good defensive player? He's a horrible defensive there player. There you go. So, yeah, that was a, a nice uh, that, show. That case. game was actually, I think... If you want to pay attention, if you're like looking at Max Domi for the Leafs, like did a lot of good things in the offensive zone, set up a couple of good chances. He takes a ton of penalties. He's oh, done yeah. that his whole so, career. Take, he draws penalties, but put him on the Leafs with Wes McCauley as a ref, as Jason hey, would say. Oh, but <laughs> look, the concern be he takes a lot of penalties. He's terrible defensively. Those are two legitimate concerns. I think, like I said, he would have to be your fourth line center. Yeah. yeah. Definitely showed effort that game, but it's just like he. I don't think that guy's issue at all is a lack of effort. I think no. he'll always he has he has like some go getter ability to him. Yeah, but. yeah, doesn't hit though. No, doesn't really engage physically. Unfortunately, I mean, like he's what he is. He's a he's a playmaking winger kind of thing that yeah. should be in your bottom six. Speaking of Playing center though, yeah. Would you? Are you? Are, did you like Sam Lafferty? He scored a goal. Yeah, he, he scored good. a goal. He's good. He's, uh, he's got some good jumps. He's, he's Joey, good Joey, if you want to know about Sam Lafferty, go listen to the podcast where Joey told you the player Sam Lafferty is. That is literally exactly who he is. Exactly. Yeah. He's and it's goal. not what you expect, too. By the way, like yeah, golden retriever. The only thing is his vision, on, like when he end, he's just going in there and ripping the puck, which is fine. Because, again, you put him with Engvall and Kampf, like another guy to just shoot pucks on that. Those guys are not going to have great creative entries. As long as they get the puck from the defensive zone to the offensive zone and possibly can get a shot, that's good enough for us. I guess, yeah. But how much are you paying for that? Well, now the price apparently is second-round pick, second-round pick plus. You're not paying that. No chance. No, no I would not pay that for, for him. But you gotta let you got to let this wave of prices just die down. That's why no one's making trades right now. It, 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 it's... It's a buyer's market. You'll see. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm just hoping people like. I'm just hoping teams don't decide to just stand pat and um, like just be like, "Oh, you're not going to take the second. We're not. You're, you don't want to give us a second for Sam Lafferty. We're not trading something like that." But we'll see. That could put, be possible with Sam Lafferty. He's uh, still yeah. got one more year left. Yeah, and he's like been. There's a couple of guys who have actually been impressive to them. I think Kurashev. Even I, like whatever. He did not have the best game. He's one guy, Taylor he Radish. Cool. He did, yeah. Wait, what? He scored that goal? Wasn't that him on the one timer on the second goal? Whoever yeah. scored that goal, I really liked it. He's brutal defensively, though. Max Domi entered the zone, waited, 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 fed a one, like fed a pass across up up high, but high in the scoring area, and he one timed it. Beautiful spot off the post and in, like. I think if you don't one-time that puck, it's not going in. You're not beating Samsonov to that corner there. I thought it was a very nice... Was that him? Yeah, yeah it was yeah, him. Yeah, it was him. Very nice shot. I'm not, I'm not that impressed with the player, but like he could get better. Nothing. Not, I'm just saying, this is how low Chicago's bar is, right? Like yeah. Him, Lafferty, and Taylor Radish are like really the only guys who have broken out, I would say, for them this year. So those are probably guys that if they have to keep them, they would keep them. Yeah. Yeah. But... What what, are you, what would you give up for Patrick Kane? Like, what do you think about Patrick Kane? 
I would still trade for him. I would still trade for him. Here, here's um, the, here's, what would you give? I don't know what I would, I would give. give a first round pick. I don't know what I would first round pick for Patrick Kane right now. They, you're going to do the exact same thing as last year. If you want, that's fine. That's fine. Do the same thing as last year. If you want to take a swing, you go get Patrick Kane. It's simple. Like here, here's 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 my angle on that first. What are you going to give? Get Barbashev instead? No. If if the choice is you give a first round pick for Barbashev or give a first round pick for Kane, I'd rather have Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. If the choice is give a first round pick plus yeah. prospects for Timo Meyer or a first round pick for Patrick Kane, I'd prefer to go down the Timo Meyer route. Okay, obviously, so it's it's about cost and it's about what you're giving up, right? I would give up a first round pick for Kane, but it's like what are we missing out on already? One thing I, that I think I agree with you that, it, that is that it's I think hey, Patrick Kane's being completely overblown. This team sucks. Right. Look he's, at his face. Look at his comments he, after games. He's literally like, I don't know if he's depressed or, or what. Yeah, like probably. He's so that was going to be my follow-up question. Do you think Patrick Kane is better than what we saw last night and what the numbers are showing? Obviously. hundred percent. This happens all the time in sports. I call it the Patriot effect. I don't know if that's what everyone calls it, but it's, it's the Patriot effect. Okay? okay. You go from a losing team and you have quote unquote attitude issues or you, you don't have effort, right? You go from a losing team to a winning team. It's real. It's, it's, it's impressive how quickly your attitude changes. It sucks to lose all the time, especially when it's your job. Your job is to win games, and you you're not you're you're, you're just losing. It's not a good place to be. So I, I really think that wherever Patrick King goes, if he does go somewhere, I really think he'll do a complete 180. I'm not going to say he's going to turn into an amazing defensive player, but he'll probably go back to the Patrick King that we know, who's an elite offensive player, who's. Probably not the best yeah. defensively, but his offensive skill outweighs his defensive mishaps. In the last three seasons before this season, Patrick Kane has 74 goals and 242 points in 204 games. All of those seasons, even last year, they were terrible. But it wasn't like this to start the year, especially. They still had Calden as a coach. They fired him, if you remember. like I don't know how many games in that was. Not then many. slowly but surely, they kind of deteriorated, and then they were going into their rebuild. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of game left. For sure. I think you motivate him. He's exactly what the Leafs need because even if he doesn't score, he'll create a lot of chances for you with his mm-hmm. passing ability. What about that hip? That is that is the actual issue. Not how does he look, numbers, charts. How is the hip bad? Then you don't trade for him. But how would you know? He says he's healthy. I know. The, I don't know. Can you get him to take a physical beforehand? Like you, Well, they don't you have to take a physical? To do take that? a well, physical after the trade. Yeah, and then, and then if, it's and after the deadline not, and it fails and you do the trade back and then you no take backsies. You're screwed. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think this Kane thing will probably get resolved a little before the trade deadline. So the big hitch apparently is that he hasn't like submitted a list. So for, for team, like for hasn't submitted a list, just talks to the media after every game and goes, yeah, I would like to go there. It's true though. It's true. He, he apparently has not given anything to the Blackhawks. Uh, I, I, I heard from, I forget which insider said, I think it was Darren Pang actually. Cause it was the, all tied yeah. into the Tarasenko trade is that he said he wanted to go to New York and Chicago, for whatever reason, bl- it blundered it. And St. Louis swooped in and said, okay, here you want Tarasenko and Mika instead. And they took St. Louis's deal. That's, that's what Darren Pang thinks. Darren Pang thinks he said, I want to go to New York and Chicago. Well, he the said to the media, up. I'm disappointed. I'm not in New York. Well, I mean, you start to put the things together. He wanted to go to New York. He, he told, he maybe even told Chicago he wanted to go to New York. They didn't trade him to New York. And now all of a sudden his body language is terrible. He played terrible against the Leafs. Like, I wonder why, honestly, in my opinion, if he doesn't get traded by the deadline, he might sit out the whole year. Honestly, that's what he looks like right now in Chicago. Yeah. When did that, the Tarasenko trade happen? 
right after the All-Star break, Friday after the All-Star break. So like, I want to take a look at what, what Kane's like stats are since then because he's 0 for 4. He doesn't have a point. Four. Yeah, no points in his last four. I think he has one point in his last five games and is like a dash six. Dash three. That'll be something fun to keep an eye on next week, seeing as like we'll be one week out from the trade deadline that week, right? So if he's not yeah. traded by then, it'll be interesting to see like if that trend kind of continues. Yeah. Continues. I don't know if I said that. Anyways. Anyways. But, yeah. Do you? What do you think? Do you agree with the Patriot effect? Do you agree that if he's moved to a different spot, he's possibly like the body language is noticeably horrible. It sucks to be losing for the last God knows five years or whatever. That does weigh on you. His line mates stink. Like last year, he had two. He had to bring Cat, and then he had Dylan Strome, which are two decent players playing first line, and he made them look very, very, very good. This year, he has Kurashev and Max Domi. Those are two fourth line players on any other team. And he's playing first line with them. Like that's gotta be like, what the hell, man? Like, get me someone or get me out of here kind of thing. So I thought that was interesting, but like the play for itself, I don't know, like like I don't know. Didn't I wasn't impressed by the play, I'm not gonna lie. Obviously, like, I don't not, think I anyone I don't think anyone with, that watched that game was impressed with Patrick Kane. No, nobody was. Not a single player. There's no the thing is with this trade and what's very interesting about it and where there's going to be a lot of debate is like what happens, what Patrick Kane are you getting after you trade for him? Are you still going to get the same thing because oh, actually it was the hip that was holding him back this whole time? Or are you getting Patrick Kane from last year even? Last year he had 92 points. Yes, he did. That's pretty freaking good. 26 goals. There's your finishing problem right there. But is that what you're like? I don't know. Is that what you're getting? I don't know. It's That's a big question. I would, I would roll the dice. I'm not yeah. in a position to make the call, but I would, I would definitely roll the dice. Okay. They're not, I don't, I, I don't think Meyer is realistic. I no. don't, unless someone says something. Yeah. All everyone says is Carolina and New Jersey have more assets that are. Yeah. Um, desirable desirable by San Jose. The Leafs are yeah. the, Kyle Dubas is like hesitant to give a first or Matthew Nyes. If you want Meyer, you have to give both of those for sure. Yeah. And then plus. And then plus. Yeah. And then plus. That's uh that is a very good point. So yeah, I think we're like other than Timo Meyer, what player would you rather get with your first round pick other than Patrick Kane right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Oh uh Ryan so O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, O'Reilly, that's it. O'Reilly. The guy who's currently injured? He's still injured. They're both hurt, to be fair. But that's what I'm saying. Like, But then you look at, you put on your doctor's hat, you put on your grade 11 biology hat, and you say, well, the foot injury. He actually has two goals in his first two games back. Oh, he's back now. Oh, uh-oh. I'm just saying, okay, well, the guy who missed a month, two months with injury or the guy who's been playing the whole time? The guy who's been playing through injury or the guy who has <laughs> who a foot injury out, or a hip, hip injury? Back. Well, he, maybe he says he's not injured. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, okay, Ryan O'Reilly or Kane right now, tell me. I'd rather, I think. Again, I'm it, it risk dep- averse. I'm saying Ryan O'Reilly. Dep- it depends what you give up for each. No. Same thing. First no. round pick. I just told you. Same First thing. First round pick on the table. That's it. Who do you First take? round pick for both. I'm going Ryan O'Reilly. Because I think the hip. I think the hip is. A like my brain is telling me Patrick Kane. But like. Okay. I don't know. Like Ryan. Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly just seems like potentially a better fit. But Patrick Kane is kind of what we've been I think you're right. I think Ryan so O'Reilly, if you like wanted to build like a. NHL, like, yeah, uh, create a roster and like stock guides in your position. He has 55 right. point two way center in your three C hole. 
or a guy that could potentially be a 95-point player? Who has been, who, I think, pretty good on the power play in the past, and one of our playoff issues is the power play. That's the other thing. And then who do you take out of the power play for the Leafs? Well, even just on the second power play. Okay, that's true, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Still getting like six on five, second power play. Yeah, it's a good point. If things go cold, you take someone off the first power play, put him on. Got to be move Matthews in front of the net on a couple power plays. Move Nylander in front of the net. Yeah, move Marner. Less nice. Okay. Well, to be fair, all the guys in our first power play right now are are better than Kane, other than maybe Tavares, depending on. But you're not moving. You're not moving Tavares off the power play for Kane. That's a completely different role. Exactly. And then it's a matter of do you want to put five forwards out there, and then you would like that. I would or wouldn't? Yeah, of course you would like that. Matthews in the bumper, yeah. Nylander and Kane on the flank. Yeah, Marner essentially you're putting Matthews in the position that Bunting was in when we did five forwards, yeah. right? And then Patrick Kane, yeah. Yeah, that would be... It's an interesting discussion. It is definitely very... It's a good discussion point. I like I like when hockey I... has some debate to it. Not, is Gavrikov physical? And I get a whole paragraph about... David Savard and how analytics are junk. My guy, my pick for Kane was from a week ago. I told Jason, I think Vegas. We'll see. Yeah, that could makes the most okay. sense. Yeah, him, Jack Eichel. All right, eight million dollars in LTIR space. Like, yeah, I guess now twelve million with because like everyone's Thompson. saying they have to replace Mark Stone. How many players in the league are like Mark Stone? None. He's a very None. unicorn player. Like he's there, there's not many guys like him. So yeah, we got one though. Yeah, <laughs> we do. But yeah, so that's the thing. We'll see. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty good. That'd be a good spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he would fit anywhere, guys. Let's, let's, let's be real. He had ninety two points last year. Unfortunately, if he can play to his full yeah, exactly. ability and he's not injured. He should fit anywhere. And people say, "Oh, I wouldn't want him." Like, okay, it, uh, outside of the injury, if you're saying you don't want Patrick Kane, come on. Yeah, I agree. I think I mentioned this before. Just remember, two years ago, a lot of people were saying Taylor Hall is washed. Taylor Hall is not good anymore. People should not get Taylor Hall. And then now people look back and say, how did Taylor Hall only get traded for a second and a player? Well, because the narrative on him was that he wasn't good anymore. So, like, he was playing in in Buffalo. Like, during the COVID season in Buffalo. Like, Sometimes the it's the, these guys aren't robots, right? Like they're the mental aspect of the yeah. game can weigh on players. And when I saw his face, that's why I thought I think he has more to give. Like he looks exhausted playing for that team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting discussion point. Um, let's get into our last point here: roster players versus trade deadline acquisitions. I think the bar that we have for defense is Justin Hall. The bar for forward is Pierre Engvall or Alex Kerfoot. Which one do you want? Uh, it depends because it's like if you get a cheap forward for your fourth line, I think it's Aston Reese. And if you get a guy who's going to play in the top nine, then it's Kerfoot. Is yeah. that a fair way? To, I would want I, no, but I think, yeah. I, I think like again, if you get a Blackwell situation, are you mad if you get a Colin Blackwell equivalent who's better than Bobby McMahon? Like, no. Or Alex Steves, you're happy. I think you're fine with that. Or better than Holmberg? Alex Steves, two good games against Columbus. Yeah. Throw that out there. Yeah. But, okay, so Jason... I'm going to ask you the first one, Connor Murphy or Justin Hall. So I'm just looking at the the numbers. Surprisingly, Justin Hall is actually like, it could be a function of him playing on the Leafs, but he does have... It could be a function of him playing with Mark Giordano. Yeah, he does have decent like five on five point scoring. 
he has the same amount of five on five points as Jake McCabe. Um, they're honestly Wait, very. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But the games played, and then would make a difference, right? Like, sorry, did you say yeah. Connor Murphy or Chase, Jake McCabe? Uh, we can start with either one; doesn't matter. Uh, so games played, he has seven more. So okay, yeah. couple couple more that pretty similar in, in that aspect. Uh, Justin Hall, surprisingly, of all the players that we've kind of compiled on this list, is uh, third or fourth according to Evolving Wild defensive. More metric? Not not surprising. No. Not surprising? Is that surprising to you? No, not really. Yeah. But to some, okay it might be surprising. Like we, we Just to go through the teams that are on this list, Anaheim, Arizona, Columbus, Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, Montreal, Ottawa, San Jose. Non-playoff teams. St. Louis, Vancouver. Essentially got teams yeah. that are out. So maybe that's like a little bit of a factor in it. But um, yeah, Justin Hall's fourth in, in defensive metrics. is He's dead even 50, 50 percentile. And Evolving wild. I offense, think it so. helps though when you have Austin Matthews as your center versus 100%. Trevor Zegers. What would Justin Hall's numbers be if he was in Jake McCabe's position playing beside Seth Jones this year? Probably a lot oh. less. Like probably a lot lower. I think that's why you have to I think they'd be horrible. That. Yeah, but again, Justin Hall's not garbage. Like people yeah. say, like even though he was scratched, like his numbers are pretty good, as Jason's saying. Yeah, he's yeah. like, like, yeah. So like a guy like Connor Murphy, like if you're getting Connor him for four Murphy years, or Justin Hall. I think I'd prefer Justin Hall just because, again, Connor Murphy comes with three years and he's 4.4 mil. Like, okay. you got to be considered yeah, to tap it. Yeah, and that's those a good things, point. Right? And In I a vacuum, though, as a player, same deal, same years, who would you rather have? Uh, they're honestly, to me, they're dead even. I think I'd slightly lean Justin Hall, though. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I think I'd personally lean Hall. You guys have the sheet, too. Pull it up. Take a look. Like, what do you think, right? Um, I lost it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like... I. I I like Justin Hall. So like that's kind of the bar. Like is a, a player like Jake McCabe is probably the only guy on the market. I think that we know of, and that is attainable for the Leafs. That is probably better than Justin Hall. Obviously like Chitrin's better. Carlson's yeah, Ch- better. Yeah. That's obvious. Like we're not going to go yeah. through that. Right. Like, but if we're looking at like available dis- defensemen, like the, the offensive defenseman doesn't really fit the mold for the least, right? So like you kind of scratch Goss Despair, sla- scratch like uh, Klingberg, those guys. Because do we really need another guy like that? Probably no, no, not, right? No. So if we're looking at strictly defensive guys, like Luke Shen, Luke Shen is 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 up there in, in ice time for sure of all these guys. But he's his uh, underlying numbers do not look good. They they don't look good. Did at I all. mention his defensive style? What he does? Turn over the puck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He did, I don't know. From what I saw, he was like not too, too, too bad at that. <laughs> but in the defensive zone, he doesn't like when you're watching defense play. They play their zone. They they play like zone D. You're watching your zone. You have your head uh, head on a swivel, and you're looking to pick up guys that are coming. Or whatever. I felt like Luke Shen very often would pick up on one player that was going to the front of the net and just beat the hell out of this one player. So then it becomes a four on four. Which then, I mean, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Now your forwards need to play more defense. How good are your forwards defensively? How good are your forwards playing as, acting as a defenseman? Probably not the best, right? You would rather have that, like, that player that's able to recognize, have better defensive recognition. So like in a six-on-five situation and you want Luke Shen to guard the front of the net, sure, I would love that. But like at five-on-five tie game, can you, or you're down even, can you put Luke Shen out there? Not really. But that's not what people are getting Luke Shen for. No. They're, it's going to be Boston will get him for their third pair, third pair. and he's going to play 12 to 13 minutes, 
He's going to be tough. hit every guy he sees, like you said, yeah. staple every guy in front of the net, be dirty. Like, that's the role that these guys want. Because as we saw last year, if you have a good decor, Jack Johnson could be your sixth defenseman. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just get somebody who is super physical and a pain in the butt? Yeah. The difference with the Leafs is, as we talked about, you're much... Um, your your ice time is going to be much more spread out for your three D exactly. pair. So it's like if Luke Shen has to play eighteen minutes, are you that comfortable in the playoffs? And like you said, I I don't think the answer is. So for that purpose, I I do agree. I think Justin Hall is probably better. Yeah, Justin yeah. Hall like Justin Hall over Connor Murphy or over Luke Shen. I think him and Connor Murphy is closer. I think Connor Murphy would play a style that the Leafs don't have a lot of. So for that purpose, if I could get them yeah. both at two million, I would take Connor Murphy. Okay, yeah, but to so play with Sandine on the third pair, and keep Giordano and Lilligren, keep Riley and Brody, and run those three like do like forty percent, thirty five percent, and then whatever twenty five percent. The yeah. one guy on here, I don't think he's going to get traded, but Jake Wallman. Ooh, he just came up on the list. We talked about him after he played. He's a left defenseman though, so that's the only thing. Uh, I would tr- I would trade for that guy though for a playoff run for sure. Right, former St. Mike's boy. That. That would be like if you ever make a trade for like if you give up Rasmus Sandin, I think Jake Wall. Yeah, but you can if he's not extended. That's the only thing. What do you mean? Yeah, he's for, you, you wouldn't give Sandin for a rental guy who's having like a bump year, right? That's my only thought. No, for sure. I'm not. I'm not saying you would do it for Wallman. I'm just saying like if you move Sandin, Wallman is the guy to target. I yeah, think. Yeah, if you move Sandin for Timo Meyer, exactly. Wallman, then, like you, you throw a dart at, at him, right? Instead of maybe. Yeah. He'll be very Another if he if play. he is moved because you were mentioning today in our our chats you were saying Detroit has essentially filled all their holes with defense. Unfortunately, they signed Oli Mata today. They have Simon Edvinson. They have Moritz Sider. They have Ben Sherratt locked up, um, and then they have someone else in there. I can't remember who. And Wallman's kind of the odd man out, and it's how much money does is he going to get? Like he has worked very well with Moritz Sider. And Mort Sider's numbers since being paired with Jake Wallman have been very, very good. But, like, what value does is Wallman going to command in UFA? It's really quite interesting because, as we saw in the games he played against the Leafs, he played very, very well. Even scored. Probably had a couple points. I can't remember. But this is kind of like his coming out party. So... Like, I would love to take a... I don't know how much he's going to cost, though. Right now, his salary is, what, one mil? One mil, yeah. Well, I mean... Maybe two next year, three? What, I, I really question. He's probably going to take, like, a one-year bet on himself. But I like the player. He's very, very good. Yeah. And I wonder... I, I was just thinking Oliver Shillington. I know he's a little bit younger than Oliver Jake Shillington Wallman. Oliver Shillington hasn't played this year. I know. I'm just I'm just saying as, like, a... Comparable? Comparable in, like, jump in production, jump in yeah. ice time, jump in those things. I mean... Uh, mind you, he's only played point. 34 games, so he's not, it's not like he's like crushing it. Uh, yeah, uh, Shillington had 31 points in 73. Uh, Wallman yeah. has nine, ten, like nine and 34, so slightly less point production. But yeah, of course. His underlying numbers and just his style of play look really good. I think that's what people yeah. are most rangy defensemen. Yeah. Can skate very well. Some ost- offensive instinct as mm-hmm. well. Like the issue is, we've seen 34 games of very good hockey. So what is that worth? Yeah, that's a good question, but. Anyways, yeah, that's know. a good. But a, in terms of the yeah. point of if you have to move Rasmus Sandin to get that big fish, a la Timo Meyer, I don't think there are any other big fish out there worth the price of Rasmus Sandin. Then bringing in Wallman on like a second round pick, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Yeah, yeah, Toronto boy too. Yeah. So. 
And yeah. then uh, I guess the other defense that we could look at, he wouldn't really directly bump Justin Hall out, but like setting the bar as Justin Hall, I guess um, I guess he would bump Rasmus Sandin out would be Gavrikov. No. No? Just no. Already? All right. I agree. <laughs> like I'm not – what is he – I don't know. He, he's, he's so he's whatever. He's like on par with Justin Hall. Yeah, he's mid. Like, he's like definition mid. He's like a yeah. He's a four essentially. Like I didn't see defensive wise, like his ability defensively. I didn't see it was that great. Like occasionally jumps up into the offense. Had twenty two points last year. Like I don't know. Like I, I saw him on par with Justin Hall. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. like oh let's trade a first for gavrikov i think he would be an asset to a team on like a third pair like if boston like boston's if boston doesn't want to upgrade their decor or uh, forward core and they want to kind of bolster that decor i think gavrikov is a perfect fit for them perfect little addition in there the issue is like with the leafs it's like i don't know i'm not paying a first round pick for gavrikov he's whatever yeah he's yeah. like he's on par with justin hall so who would you rather have gavrikov or justin hall Justin Hall, because he simply because he plays the right side. You're, it's like, would you rather have? They, they're so like I don't know style of play. You could probably speak more of style of play, but at least like underlying metrics and um, like just overall play. Like I I think they're like similar players. Just one plays on the ref, one put one plays on the right, and just by nature, right side players are more valuable. It's just the way it is. Yeah, less of them. So I agree. Um, I agree. So yeah, like it's it'll honestly be tough to like find an actual upgrade on D unless you're actually going for a big fish. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Moving to forwards though. Forwards get a little tricky because there are a ton of forwards on here. Uh, like we said, a lot of yeah. like decent forwards that are on the market right now. I mean, there's, there's some guys on here who might not get moved. Right. Like I have Alex to bring cat on here. Like the chance of him getting yeah, moved is pretty he, low. He, they said they're not trading right? him, but it's just, I just wanted to throw him in here to see like Dylan Larkin's on this list. He might not get moved, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Like looking at like guys who could the least could potentially like like some trade targets that the least might be after. Like there was a trade the kind of what sparked this was that there was a trade that involved Max Domi and Sam Lafferty going to the like just a hypothetical trade. Max Domi going to the Leafs and Lafferty going to the Leafs. And in return we'd be giving Sandin and uh Engvall, was right? That the trade? Yeah, but that, that wasn't there was there was Kane involved, other piece other pieces involved in the trade. But if we were just looking at like replacing like like Engvall for Lafferty, is that an upgrade? Is that a downgrade? That's kind of like what similar. They're pretty similar, Again, but like, like, but uh, like looking at just straight points and, and, and underlying metrics, like Engvall's, I'd almost give Engvall the, the edge defensively. Yeah. Like, like I think they're very, very like Domi or uh Lafferty. No, Lafferty to Engvall. Oh my God. Yeah, Laff- to... <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, I think they're very similar. I'd almost give Engvall the edge to, to Lafferty. Yeah. Well, like all, all by all metrics. I like Lafferty. Lafferty gives more energy, actually. That's yeah. uh that's a good point there. But he's not as smart as Engvall. Like that, like Engvall scored against Columbus this weekend. Um, the first game against Columbus, he he had a nice goal, and Kyle McLennan, I believe on Twitter it was. I sent you the tweet. Is that his name, Kyle McLennan? Yes, 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 yes. Showed like how smart of a play it was and what caused that goal. Engvall played the forward three position, which is the high guy, and then. Puck came out. He was able to disrupt it. He went into the scrum. David Camp came out and was playing the high position, which allowed them to pick off Columbus twice. Not only that, but also if Columbus was able to break out from that scrum, then you've got three guys back. It's a lot easier. 
It was a very, very smart play. And guess what? The Leafs were able to pick off the puck twice. Puck went over to Riley, and Riley was able to feed a wide-open Pierre Engvall. It was very, very smart. That's not something you're going to see from Sam Lafferty. Yeah. So I, I'd give Engvall the edge. Yeah. I like Lafferty's energy. I like. I think Lafferty does bring something, but I'd give Pierre Engvall the edge. Yeah, I agree. I agree slightly, with that. So very like, slightly. Yeah. So like Pierre, it would, it, I almost feel like it's a flavor. Which one do you? What do you prefer? Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Very true. And I, and I think that just goes to show like that. Like, I think we would have to like, even though we give Pierre Engvall like we do knock him a bit. It, it's hard to upgrade if you're looking for like a bottom six guy to upgrade on Pierre Engvall. You're probably not going to do that. The only way that you're going to get a guy who's probably, I don't want to say better, like who's like for sure better than Pierre Engvall because there are other guys on this list that are probably better than Engvall, but you got to go for the big fish if you want to do that. Looking at other guys though, like for example, Alexander Kerfoot, that might be a guy who you can definitely upgrade on because yeah. the way he, he doesn't score. He has 15 five on five points, which is like puts him towards the, the lower, like mid, middle pack of this, of this list. But he's also playing again with like, it, like Pierre Engvall, in my opinion, having 15 points compared to Kerfoot having 15 five on five points. I think that's more impressive when you look at who Pierre Engvall has played with mostly David Kampf and, uh, other third line players. Yeah, he touched the top six once for five minutes. Kerfoot has at least had a couple games in the top six. So, yes, yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like the majority of his points have come from there too. So, um, Kerfoot, Alex Kerfoot's just such a weird, inconsistent, can't score player. Yeah, where it's like, unfortunately, the Leafs are paying him three and a half million dollars. Unfortunately, the Leafs have a bit of a hole in terms of scoring and a need in scoring, and on top of that, they have a bit of a hole at left wing second line left wing well, not a bit i mean they were putting that's where they put kerfoot so i would say they have a hole at second line left wing i think kerfoot brings value to a team unfortunately he's not what the leafs need at this moment yeah. and that cap space can be better allocated 100 percent. and just to name a couple guys who are like around him who are i think let's say similar in style where they're defensive players uh with not the best offensive upside but you know what these guys are slightly better goal scorers like two guys right around him and with similar points, similar defensive metrics, similar even offensive metrics, underlying offensive metrics, but are just purely better finishers. Nick Benino and Nolachari, both those guys are, can, are, are centermen, and they might be able to fit a role better with the Leafs than what Alexander Kerfoot could do. And on top of that, if you're able to do those swaps, in, in the case of Benino, you'd be shedding $1.5 million in salary. And in the case of Achari, you'd be shedding one, sorry, $2.25 million in salary. So, And I know the Leafs... We don't really know what our contract situation is going to be. We don't know who's going to be on LTIR. We know for sure that Jake Muzzin's probably going to stay there. If not, yeah. then the Leafs would have to move someone out, actually. Yeah. So um, that's pretty interesting. Like, I would like Noel Achari more than Alex Kerfoot. That's a great point. Yeah. He would be the three C, David Camp, the four. I think him and David Camp would be kind of close in terms of that. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, like, I mean, on I mean, this list, that, they're right beside If your each big other. ad at the deadline is Noel Achari, like, you didn't have a good deadline for sure, for <laughs> sure. But I think it's also just good to conceptualize what these guys. Also, are he's, worth. He, he looks pretty physical. 166 hits, uh, not 48 and 20 last year, 91 and 41 the year before. So that's pretty. 221 and 72 games with Boston a few years ago. Yeah. So that 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 also kind of fills a void in the bottom six. You don't have really much of a physical presence. So 53.9 percent on the faceoff as well. Yeah. So yeah, You'd be be a fine ad. I, I would. I, I think Nolachari would be an upgrade, kind of over Kerfoot. I think an upgrade to the top twelve, debatably the top nine, definitely an upgrade over Kerfoot. Again, I, I'm 
this the center. It yeah, is. this would more just be a move that would allow you to do more things. Yeah. Again, this I'm not expecting these to be our only moves, but if we're gonna get guys like, like listen, I want we, yeah, uh, we want bigger we fish than this. We're not. Yeah, like, we we're asked not, to set the bar. Yeah, and we're is, asking high or low. Like which play does the player get over the bar? Yeah. So him or Pierre Engvall though. Pro- I I probably sh- like lean Pierre Engvall over. No, uh, Chari. Yeah. Okay. It it just depends what you feel like. If you feel like the Leafs least need to improve that four C, then th- those are the guys to get. Like if you're. But look- I mean, you're you're adding a four C to get rid of a three or third line left wing. Yeah. Or whatever he plays. Right. Like that's the thing. He doesn't really play third line left wing for us, does he? Who Engvall? No, sorry. I I meant uh, Kerfoot. But. Oh. Nolachari in Kerfoot out. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Ooh. Watch a little bit of Achari. I mean, hmm. that got me thinking. Because again, I, th- I would think yes. He's on expiring deal. Expiring deal, and I, I, I was going to say he's on St. Louis. He's on St. Louis, right? Why, yeah, why, he's on yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. What am I saying? Um, I think he's been playing on the same line as Ivan Barbashev. Okay. Yeah. So that, that could that could be like a guy who could potentially come in and do similar things to what like. I think that would Black be an up- did, yeah. You know, I like- think it would be an upgrade possibly on on Alex Kerfoot. I mean, I think Kerfoot's a little speedier than him, but and probably and carries the puck better. That's one thing. Like when you look at Cam Sh- Cam Sharon's data, Alex Kerfoot carries the puck up the ice a lot. Like his his zone. Where are we? Why can't I find this? This is amazing radio right here. But in terms of where transitioning oh the puck or transitioning the puck that's essentially what i'm just trying to get at yeah. yeah in terms of the amount of times that he transitions the puck up the ice into the other team's zone per game it's a good amount and that is a good asset to have so if you take out kerfoot how many puck transporters do you have left i mean engvall's decent at it he's not bad kerfoot has been better this who, year who though. are good in our bottom six at that Who's good in like our bottom David, six? David Camp, probably 60? not good. Uh, Zach Astner, he's probably not good. Um, There's nobody. Oh, my goodness. Is Pont- Pontus Holmberg, did he look good? Like, Yarncroc's not good at it. Yarncroc is very not good at so that, it. That, that's why Michael kinda... Bunting is, like, way behind Kerfoot and Engvall. That's why, I think um, that's also why those guys work a little bit Camp better. Camp is on... very, very low. Aston Reese is pretty low as well. Yeah, when you look at our bottom six in terms of how much they transition the puck up the ice, it's not great. Holmberg's okay. I, w- I wonder if that's also a function of just Kerfoot, not not saying like hogging the puck, but like being the guy to do that on those depth. Possibly. Right? I mean, but when you look at it, he's faster than those other guys. That's true. So yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, just something to note there. So when you, if you, like I think Noel Achari overall has had a way better year than Kerfoot. However... If you take Kerfoot out, you are taking out that one thing. And it's like, I mean, you're taking away a winger. You're adding, you're bolstering your fourth line center. You know, it's a little bit of a take and give. Yeah. So that's why I like, sure, I would do it. Change up the mix a little bit. However, that can't be your only move. So yeah, no, like the the Leafs need to make bigger moves. That's the that's yeah. the thing. I but feel like he's going back to Boston, Achari. That makes sense. That's fine center. That's a good one. Makes I like sense. That. Yeah. Uh, any other guys you had? No, I was just kind of like looking through this list, just picked out guys that kind of just interest, like really yeah. interesting. I thought maybe I don't know any any guys that you can think of. Like I think Connor Garland. I was 
I was looking at Connor Garland. Yeah. I think he's did talk. I think Talkett might have had him in Arizona though. Probably likes him. I yeah. wonder what happens there. I mean, Connor Garland. Let's see what he's done since he's gotten Rick Talkett. Like his numbers are a little bit down this year across the board in terms of like shots for goals per sixty, all of that. But I mean, since Talkett has come in, yeah, he hasn't played that much more. Never mind. So. Maybe he's on the move. Maybe not. He has a lot of term left and a pretty heavy contract, though. Yeah. So, but he would be a, definitely a guy. I think second line left wing on that second line left wing that would would be a great spot for him. But again, term contracts a little high. So, yeah. So just an interesting exercise and something to think about when you're saying, "Well, should the Leafs trade for this player? Should they trade for that player?" Think about what the bar is for the Leafs, and does that player exceed the bar? Right. Like, if they go out and get Scott Mayfield, like, I don't know. Like, Scott Mayfield's A, not getting traded because he's on the Islanders and they're trying to make the playoffs. But, like, even Luke Shen, like, is Luke Shen better than Justin Hall? I don't think so. No. So More physical than Justin Hall. Yeah. But lacks some other things. We got to be careful with who we want to get, right? Because, again, like we said, those guys getting the, uh, those guys getting the, um, those guys who are injected into the lineup end up pushing guys out. So if we're going to push guys out who are essentially the same guys, exactly. it might not be worth it. So it's just something to keep in mind when you're doing your little armchair GM stuff. So Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, is there any around the league, anything else you got? Um, I swear stuff has happened, but I can't remember. Anyways. Mostly just rumors, I think. Nothing really concrete. Rumors. I mean, like, well, there's so guys, got a couple signings, right? Like, uh Jordan Harris, Phoenix Copley, Michael Anderson, Oli Mata. That's kind of all extensions. All extensions, nothing big. That guy yeah, Connor Timmins really got extended. Anyone, doesn't really good. take anyone off the market. I would say maybe Oli Mata, but yeah, Oli Mata. That was. Uh, it's funny because we were texting two days before, and I said it's weird. Oli Mata hasn't been brought up in trade conversations because I feel like he would be like a good. He's like a he would steady third pairing. Yeah, steady third pairing guy. He was only making one mil too. Is or yeah. maybe he was maybe he was okay. making two, but still, like you could retain that. Um yeah. and I know Detroit wouldn't have a problem with that, but it's interesting to see that they kind of are moving forward with this because essentially like we said before, earlier their left side is locked up for the next 2 years. Yeah. Don't really see a path for Wallman. Wallman's probably on the way out because um squeeze Ed, Edvinson's. Yeah. Probably coming up next year. He looks ready it's to go. He's so. a monster. But anyways, yeah. Good to be back. We'll be back on our usual spot next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco.